Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jakeman, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group and our toll-free number 800 9510592. The website at allamericangold.com and it is the dog days of summer. Somebody turn the thermostat down. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but you know what? What may happen, rolling blackouts may start to happen. And I'm not talking about Europe. I'm not talking about Germany. I'm talking right here. Texas now issuing warnings, begging their, uh, the residents of Texas not to use electricity. Everybody better hang on. And earnings season's going to be kicking off. Uh, this, I think tomorrow it starts, I believe, with Pepsi. Uh, then the banks go later in the week, get ready for a lot of downgrades. And Elon Musk says, that's it. I'm not buying Twitter. Too many fake accounts. Uh, I don't know how that works either, right? This is, you know, I don't know. The whole new way of media always controlled by uh, the powers that be. And now Twitter, they can't even tell you how many fake accounts there are. But uh, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it's dead. Maybe it's not. Maybe he never planned on buying it at all. But I'll say this right now. Uh, get ready. Tw- uh, Twitter stock's already getting hammered. Now they're saying uh, Twitter's going to go into the 20s. Uh, Jason, and again, I think a lot of stocks. This is going to be what we're going to see for the second half uh, a lot of a lot of the earnings that they were hoping for aren't going to materialize, and and this this house of the cards, it, it's starting to get a little shaky. You know, it's funny. Uh, you talk about the Elon Musk thing. I uh, I remember. I, I always go back to movies because a lot of this stuff seems like the movies always tell you ahead of time. But uh, Bruce Wayne in a Batman movie he was going into this uh, Asian guy out of Hong Kong. He's, he was uh, fronting for the mafia in Gotham City, and he goes in there like he's going to do a business deal. And uh, find, you know, of course, he finds out all the bad information. He didn't want to ever p- partner up with him. He just wanted to see everything about their organization. He just wanted to look at all of it, and uh, that's why he inter- entertained business with the crooks. And of course, he was never going to do it. I, w- I wonder if Elon Musk is doing the same job. I wonder if he just wants to see what Twitter's up to and get a lot of information and then uh, and then uh, pivot, I guess, right? Well, it could be, right? And I think the, uh, the fact of the matter is uh, I think the bloom is off the rose when it comes to Twitter. Uh, you know, the too many bots and fake accounts and fake likes and fake this and fake that. Uh, I know Facebook, you know, uh, Zuckerberg was out last week warning about Facebook. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think all of it's going to be interesting and in how that plays out. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people were hoping that Musk would be uh, the the guy that saves free speech. I never thought he was going to be that guy, but but other people did. Uh, but we'll we'll wait and see. I, I I think that if if nothing else, to your point, right? Hey, they took a look. Yeah, and didn't like look. what they saw. Right, <laughs> didn't like it. Took a look. You know, why don't I get the feeling that all this uh, will develop into, into more, uh, I guess, loss of freedoms and, and uh, loss of uh, privacy when it comes to all this stuff. That's, that's isn't that what it seems like it's going to head towards? Yeah, we need that's to know more about you. you. They, they, yeah, they'll, they'll, all of all of privacy is lost here uh, when we get the digital dollar. Any any last figment of imagination of freedom. 
uh, is going to go away because you're, you're really only free if you want to, you know, do as you're told. Then you can pretend you have freedom, right? And for those people that wanted to get masked up, for those people that wanted to get uh, all the shots and all that stuff, then, yeah, for them, they feel like they have freedom. For everybody else, uh, they're kind of realizing that, that it wasn't. Uh, there, there was rioting in China over the weekend uh, as a... a I want to say at least three, and I think I think it's actually going to be a little more than that. Chinese banks have been uh, preventing people to get access to their money now. Going on, Jason, this is going on for months now. Well, is it really their money, Joe? When you live in China, <laughs> hey, <laughs> whose money is and, it? And listen, this is a lesson, and I only bring it up for one. This is a lesson for all of you. Chinese banking laws are no different than English banking laws, American banking laws, German banking laws, Australian banking laws. The money's not yours. Period. Period. And I know for a lot of people, they get upset when they hear that. They want to argue about it. Oh, show me where it is. Listen, this has been banking law since like the 1500s. You are an un secured creditor and really all you really need to know is about dot frank and, and again uh you want to know how the money is in yours go back to the great depression the bank they shut all the banks half the banks never reopened again those people got nothing you know Joe? getting ready to do it again jason uh, and Dodd-Frank made it worse this time around at least the last time you know go back to 08 Right? They, they, they bailed them out. So you didn't have to learn the reality. You know what's so funny about it too? Then they upped the FDIC insurance. That was made, that's always been a classic going, oh, well, we're going to raise it to 250,000. They don't have any money. The FDIC doesn't even have 150 billion dollars. Just one bank. Pick one. Chase. Uh, B of A, Wells Fargo, City, U.S. Bank, PNC, all these. They've got trillions of dollars in deposits. It's it, it, it really, J- Jason, it's a big scam. And, and I really, and I believe this wholeheartedly. The banks, the system broke before they were ready. The digital currency wasn't ready. We've been living in this inflated bubble ever since. This whole bubble is going to come crashing down. And believe me, after you get your bank accounts wiped out, don't worry, the digital dollar will save you. Takes a radio news hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, Joe and Jason here on this Monday. And Jason, you know, we're, we're looking for, uh, all these different signs about where we're headed. Where, what, what, what are we going to be looking like? You know, three months from now, six months from now, and every single, and I want to be positive, I do, but every indicator I look at says it's not going to be a good place. Over the weekend, got a lot of data about auto loan delinquencies. So, right, so, you know, these are, right, things that we look at. First, you know, we look at retail sales, right, we look at durable goods, uh, we, 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 we look at payments. Are, are people making their payments? 
uh, and obviously, right, housing, uh, housing being an issue, but again, with, with Wall Street owning so many houses, you were starting to look at other places, and uh, Ford came out and said, yep, delinquencies are rising across the board, uh, headwinds, uh, delinquencies, probably a leading indicator, Edmonds. Uh, auto loan delinquencies are expected to continue to arise, uh, to rise. Uh, the risk associated with financing more than what people can afford. Uh, June data from Edmonds says that monthly auto payments for June topped a thousand dollars. Uh, meanwhile, Cox Automotive said the average monthly payment, this was a May number. So think about June. If you got a car in June, chances are your payment topped $1,000. Cox says, hey, by the way, uh, in May, the average car payment, this is, you know, new, old, all that, Jason was over $700 a month. I mean, it's just insanity now. When you think about, hey, I need a car. Your payment's going to be $1,000 a month. I mean, that that used to be a a two-bedroom apartment 15 years ago. Well, that's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, it's uh, it's like... You know, you get your rent or your mortgage, and then you got a uh, uh, an apartment rental fee attached to it for buying a car. That's a lot of money for a car. I mean, I was just—I think Jack and I were uh, looking at something. I was looking at some, uh, something about cars. It was uh, the Gran Torino movie. I was looking at the extras. I watched the Clint Eastwood movie, uh, the Gran Torino, and I was looking at the extras, and uh, and uh, it was a thirty-two Ford or something, is what. Uh, Clint Eastwood talked about buying his first car. He needed some. He needed some work to get up and running, and he and he bought it for twenty five dollars. <laughs> he bought the whole car for twenty five bucks, and now, brought, uh, Joe, you're talking about a payment with interest at a thousand dollars or more to buy a car. It's 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 crazy. It, it's going to get worse, I think. Yeah, and well, you know what's funny is according to Google, the search. Voluntary repossession of car surged to the to the highest levels going back to the summer of '08. Uh, and, and again, I, this is this is real. This is happening. I don't care what they tell you on the TV. Uh, and, and it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if later this week. When the banks announce earnings, if they're starting to add to their low loss reserves, it's going to be interesting to see, or if they're going to still leave uh, their head in the sand, Jason. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to get that uh, inflation number this week, I think, right, Joe? So, uh, man, we'll, we'll we'll see where that's at, and and I, I'm I'm fully convinced now uh, with with them the, the minutes what the little the little paperwork said. They're definitely going after inflation, Joe, and I think what they're trying to do, you, know, you tell me if I'm wrong, I think they're trying to stop inflation, but I don't think they want to stop it so fast that they get price destruction. I think that's the game they're trying to play. I think they want the inflation to go a certain ways, and I think they want it to, you know, that soft landing they talk about. I think their soft landing is keeping prices from going down because if things go bad enough, Joe, then nobody can buy anything. The prices have to go down. I think that's what they're attempting to do. They want inflation. 
they don't want it to get out of control, and they don't want to uh, kill the inflation too quickly and have uh, destruction to prices. I think they want these higher prices, Joe, for the for for a permanent these thousand dollar car payments, Joe. I think that's their aim for the for the future. That's that's going to be what we have to get used to. You know what? And, and it could very well be. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Like I said, this is a another unique, yet the same. Uh, when you talk about central banks and the manipulation of money, uh, they do it in the gold and silver markets. I mean, uh, it's absolutely asinine that that banks, and really two banks in particular, J.P. Morgan and Citigroup, uh, can own ninety percent of all of the precious metals derivatives. Right, just by itself, you'd say, "Hey, that's not that's not risky." Of course, it that, that's extremely risky. But the the amount of paper derivatives compared to actual physical product it's an absolute joke it's it, it's insanity but they need to do that jason to manipulate and say see well, we got a handle on this right because right now let's face it uh gold's uh, 1740 dollars well if it was 3400 dollars right now uh people would be a lot more upset than what they are uh they'd be a lot more aware of what's happening and they try to hide these things just like you don't google voluntary repossession of car if you're not having problems making your car payments right you you just don't do that uh housing affordability goldman sachs the worst on record in other words you're a Ability to own a home. Think about it in the, you know, the 250 years or whatever it is that we've been a nation, and never in our nation's history have we been able, uh, less able to afford to actually purchase a home. Uh, and to Jason's point, this is this is part of it. Listen, they openly admit we want two percent inflation. Okay, well, think about it. Let's just say you lived for, I don't know, 75 years. Well, that means they want the the currency to devalue by 150% during your lifetime, right? And, of course, the realities are that's a fake number. They, they want a fake 2% inflation number. The actual number's far greater than, than this, Jason. And now with mortgage rates on the rise, home affordability is going to get even worse. And again, these are signs, right? These are signs. What does this mean three months from now, six months from now? Let's see, okay? Uh, auto loan delinquencies are rising. Uh, Google searching for voluntary repossessions, the highest it's been since 08. Then Goldman Sachs comes out and says, hey, listen, uh, housing affordability is the worst it's ever been. Go back to the housing bubble, way worse than that. And Jason, uh, everybody and their mother knows the Fed's going to keep raising rates. It's going to make affordability even worse. And there is a lot of people out there, Joe, that, that believe the housing market's going to crash really badly, you know, 30% or 40%. But what if the case is is that the, the Fed is really trying to inflate their way out of their debt mess? Because since two, 2021, Joe, we've been saying the Fed has no play. They raise the rates and crash the markets or they put the rates back down to zero at, a, at an appointed time, start printing, and then cause much more inflation. It seems to me, Joe, that they want the inflation, but they also want to uh, not have the markets crash uh, to, to a certain extent. So I, I really feel like 
The one thing that hasn't been going up really fast, gold and silver's gone up a little bit, but so it hasn't been going up fast. But besides that, the U.S. national debt, really in comparison to this, this inflation, Joe, has not really been going up as fast. We're still sitting at that $30.5 trillion of uh, the U.S. national debt. The price of a loaf of bread, for example, might have been 3 bucks during coronavirus. Well, if that's $6, what if it goes to $9 for a loaf of bread by the, the time this thing cools off and the prices just sort of stabilize? Well, then that makes more sense when you have uh, debt payments, Joe, to, to the U.S. debt. I don't know how many you know, billions of dollars that we pay towards the interest on the debt. It'll make more sense once it, uh, it becomes more in line with the prices of services and goods across the country. I, I, just, I just see this as how do we have hyperinflation under our control? Doesn't it almost feel like that's what they're doing, Joe? Well, yeah, this is, uh, again, it's been a very clear pattern, and I've said it over and over and over and over again. They, they claim to have all these tools. They, they really do. But really, when you break down the essence, they can call it whatever they want. Right? Quantitative easing, right? They, they, the, the Fed window, the, uh, the repo markets, the repo window, and, and this window and that window, and interest rates, and all. They call them all what they want. But really, when you look at what, what, are, what are all their tools to design for? Debt. So it, it's the same tool being used instead of just one way. Right now, the, the bank's using the same debt tool in about 50 different ways, which just makes everything vulnerable. Because, again, uh, understand what they wanted to do. They wanted to pull all of these purchases forward. Now they're trying to pretend that they want to stop all of these purchases. Uh, Jason, what usually ends up happening is... People start buckling under the pressure. Uh, the income isn't there. Uh, they they can't. They, they start struggling to pay bills, right? They and and everything cuts back. And then all of a sudden, used to be when the debt was a much smaller level, you could survive it, and and it could be regional, right? But, uh, that's just a northeast problem, or it's just a California problem. Now. What they did with with all of these different instruments, now it's a global problem. I mean, you got people protesting in China because they can't get their money out of the banks. We, we've got supply chain problems that we talk about over and over and over again. Think about the, the measures that are going on in Europe right now. No hot water, can't turn the lights on. By the way, this winter, can't have the heat on higher than 62 degrees. Uh, last time I checked, 62 degrees is not heat, <laughs> right? I mean, let's take it here, here in Arizona, right? You, you're like, man, hey, I don't know about this 76-degree nonsense, right? You got that air conditioner set at like 68 degrees. Can you imagine the heat at only 62? Uh, it, it's absolute insanity what's happening, Jason. And again, to your point, it just seems like everyone's got to pay a fortune for everything, it doesn't matter a house, a car. When we got to have those things, gasoline, your electric bill, right? The power, the taxes, the food, well, all, Joe, all of these. Joe, things you, you got to have them, but do you have to own them? I mean, before 1913, before the Fed showed up, the majority of homes in this country were owned. A mortgage was like a bad thing. People did not; they, they just saved enough money and then they bought a house. 
can you imagine anybody even attempting that? An average person, Joe, just saving the money and then buying a house? It would take them till they were 80 if they were that smart. So, so you were just talking about $1,000 car payments. Well, they're, you say, we've been saying, well, they're pricing people out of homes. Well, they're pricing people out of cars. What's going to happen is, and I keep talking about the lords and the peasants, Elon Musk will be a lord. He has Tesla. When these driverless cars eventually get on the roads, who do you think is going to be renting out the Teslas? Hey, you don't need to buy a car. You just get on your phone, tap in your little thing, and then for a price, you get to be taken where you want to go at a timely fashion. You don't need to own anything. You'll be happy. That's what's going to happen. You can have a car tycoon. You'll have a housing tycoon. You'll have these guys that will do the work that the bankers don't want to do. The bankers don't want to, to run car companies, but they also don't want us to own them, Joe, because they can uh, benefit uh, hugely by owning everything and having somebody else do the work for them. And right now, they, they don't want the average guy doing these sorts of things. They, they don't want entrepreneurs, Joe. They want guys they can control, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what. When we get back, we got a great special on an item we haven't run in I don't know how long. Plus, are now natural gas plants exploding? 800-951-0592. And, Jason, there was another natural gas plant explosion, this one in in Medford, Oklahoma. Uh, in this particular facility, it separated... Uh, the, the, the products like ethane and, and propane and butane and natural gas. Uh, this was a, a major, uh, plant that fed, uh, protochemical plants, generating electricity, power plants, uh, burning for cooking, uh, and also blended into, uh, vehicle fuel. Uh, and, and it's interesting. This is just since June. The fourth different natural gas explosion in the United States. It started on the 8th of June. Remember, we talked about this one. This was the uh, the company in Texas that, that we were exporting natural gas to Europe, and, and it, it, there was a big explosion. And then a week later, they said, hey, this plant's going to be down for 90 days. That actually lowered natural gas prices here. Because uh, it was going to stay in the country. It actually raised natural gas prices, which were already sky high in Europe. Uh, then on, That was on the 8th of June. On the 27th of June, uh, the, there was a, a refinery, natural gas refinery explosion in Valdez, Alaska. Uh, last week, on the 7th, it was an energy transfer pipeline that exploded in Texas. And then on the ninth, Jason, this this plant here in, in Medford, Oregon, and and this one, be, the first one, and this one, major facilities. Well, I don't know. It, it kind of makes me think the same thing I was talking about in the last segment, which is, uh, you know, how how do you can you know as as the Fed trying to protect themselves, how do you how do you deal with the inflation, uh, or you know raising the interest rates and crashing the markets, and well. Demand and supply, supply and demand. That's that's how markets work. So if you really don't want a market to crash and burn, you know, one of the things is is don't have supply. People will pay higher and higher and higher prices if there just isn't supply. So once again, you have uh, 
you know, false scarcity, Joe. You, you create the false scarcity so the prices don't ever actually have to go down. You know what I mean? Because at some point when people can't afford it and they can't do it and there's a ton of supply sitting there, the prices will go down because these companies will have to compete at some level to get the natural gas into your home. But if you blow them all up, well, Joe, then maybe uh, the, the supply isn't that great, and so we had to keep those prices kind of at a at a steadily uh, going up slowly uh, rate, you know, that 2% that the Fed always wants. Well, they can maybe do that if you blow up a lot of supply, Joe. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. I, I don't know what to make of it, but, uh, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all the food processing plants, and now all of a sudden uh, yep. we know about the whole Russia natural gas Europe pipeline, and now all of these explosions happening. And again, I worry uh, because they are, they're running pretty much at max capacity. Uh, this is something where I guess I probably wouldn't be surprised to see more of these. Yeah, Joe, because think about it. If you're, if you're the average person who's living paycheck to paycheck, and it's the, it's the uh, it's the the hot season. You need to cool your house. Well, maybe you'll maybe you'll sweat a little more this year and and uh, use a little less electricity and let that air conditioning shut off a little more. You know, hey, uh, I was eating out uh, with my family two times a week. Well, maybe we're going to cook seven days a week and, and not go to the go to these fast food places or restaurants. And that's what naturally happens when you can't buy the things you could buy before. So that would cause more supply. So, Joe, what do you do with that supply if you don't want things to go the wrong way for you in your system? Well, let's just blow up the supply. Blow it up. They're never going to get cheaper prices because we won't allow them to have a supply to have lower prices, Joe. That's, it sure seems like they're causing false scarcity all over the planet. Yeah, false scarcity. That's the thing. But how it, when did we get all of these problems? But like I said, this was by design. This was put into place. This is 15 years' worth of false scarcity in the energy markets. Uh, and again, just signs. What does this mean three months from now, six months from now? Uh, this just breaking uh, CNBC saying Americans are canceling deals to buy homes at the fastest rate Really going back, if you throw out uh, COVID, the March 2020 numbers, uh, the the fastest rate going back to the housing uh, debacle. Now they're saying cancellations have have increased to 15 percent of all home transactions are now being canceled. Jason, yeah, see, all right, you would think that the housing prices would start going down. You know, I guess it's going to take a little time. Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened Hasn't yet, though. Hasn't happened yet. And here's the thing. The thing about housing that's interesting is because of the 08 crash, the housing market crash, the supply of homes never really totally caught up. So different from the, the you know, the, the stock markets and, and commodities markets and everything else, the housing market just stopped dead. And the reason the housing prices came back and housing prices went up is because the builders couldn't essentially seemed to, to get back up to the levels they were supposed to be at. Because no matter how many markets crashed, there were still people needing houses. And so, Joe, it's, it's going to be tough to see exactly where the housing market goes. But once again, you know, it, it, 
it just depends on how much the inflation goes and how they're going to deal with it. I I think they're going to keep raising rates, Joe. I think they're going to keep raising them and keep raising them and keep raising them. People aren't going to believe it. They're going to 10% mortgage, you know, 10% interest rate on your mortgages, 12% interest rate on your mortgages. I, I think they may, may push it that hard, Joe. Well, it's going much higher than where it is. That That's the one thing I think we're all going to agree on because, again, uh, the the amount of scarcity means that the demand destruction has to be that much greater, right? And I and I've been trying, and maybe uh, today is the, the 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 finally the best way I could put it so people could understand. This is why Jason and I were talking about this double dep- uh, double depression because it's going to be uh, demand destruction. Right, which is always a signal of a depression. But it's going to have to be so severe of a destruction before prices will actually go down. Uh, that, that's the biggest problem. I mean, right now, I mean, think about the, just when we talk, auto loan delinquencies rising, people canceling, uh, their, their home purchases, and already, you know, people are driving less, they're going out less, right? They're turning up the thermostat a few degrees here and there. A lot of times that would be, you know, as again, I think we're going to find out here in another two weeks that we're probably already technically going to meet uh, the definition of recession. But yet prices have still been going up. And, and that's really the biggest problem. When we get back, I got an item where the price isn't up at least for a day. You're going to want to do it. It's an item we haven't run in a really long time. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. And, you know, we talked about scarcity. And and uh, this is the same thing. And it really, I don't know that there's anywhere where scarcity hasn't touched. Right? I mean, uh, you look at uh, here in the gold and silver market, scarcity is so bad. Right? We, we've got these sky-high premiums. Like, silver premiums have never even come close to being this high. Uh, even in the energy sector, which we were talking about, we, we've got these crack spreads, which is how much above the oil and natural gas prices are we really having to pay uh, they're at all-time record highs high cars did you ever thought there'd be a time jason where you'd pay over sticker thousands of dollars over sticker uh just to get a car right but this is what scarcity does uh in the gold markets the the when you talk about especially the old gold the, the liberties the saints uh, the indians and, of course, as all of you know, old gold is what we, we recommend. It's the most private, period. Hands down, you can buy it, sell it, trade it without having to give out your information, without having to give out your Social Security number, without having to get 1099. And, by the way, it's the only gold the government doesn't consider to be bullion. It's the only one. Right, you go uh, IRAs. We do a lot of precious metals IRAs. Right, you can put gold eagles in there, buffaloes, Kruger ants, maple leaves, bars. I mean, you can put just about anything in there. You know what you can't put in there? Pre nineteen thirty three U.S. gold, and there's a reason for that because if they come for the gold, 
right? That's the one gold. Remember, back to 33, the only gold you could keep in 1933 was gold the government deemed to be collectibles. And, Jason, the cream of the crop of that has to be the Indians. Yeah, yeah, those were a very popular coin, Joe. It, when uh, 1907, was it, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh wrote to Congress that he, uh, he didn't like the, the way the coins looked. Uh, the American coins, they had liberty on one side and the eagle on the other side. They were bland and boring. And I'll tell you right now, Theodore Roosevelt was wrong. We should have kept the coins the same, should have had liberty on one side and an eagle on the other side. But he wrote to Congress and said that our coins were of an, an atrocious hideousness and was wanting, wanting a change. And he wanted to use uh, St. Gaudens as, as a an artist that could maybe make better coins for us, which gave us the St. Gaudens. But then they, that's the same year that, hey, the Indian, the Indian, gold Indian coins came out, Joe, and the new designs to make the coins look uh, a little sharper. Yeah, they were the, the fractional coin to the saints. So there are no fractional St. Gaudens, right? There's only uh, the, the Indians that went along with the saints. And the $10 Indian... Okay, that's got the Lady Liberty, uh, and it's got, it, she's got a full Indian, uh, headdress on, right? So the, the tail first. Uh, I would have to say, Jason, that this would be a very racist coin today, right? <laughs> How dare you have, uh, Lady Liberty, a, a white woman wearing an Indian headdress? Uh, but yet here it is. And this started, like Jason said, in 1907, really started in no way. They made very, very few, uh, in 1907, they made about, oh, I don't know, about 240,000 of them. Uh, but it, then they, they only went, obviously, till gold confiscation, but they actually stopped making the Indians after 1916 because they thought it carried the plague. Kind of funny. Uh, then the $10 Indian, uh, didn't get minted again. It got minted, uh, a few coins got minted in 1920. And then a few more in 26. And then of course 1930 and 1932. That was it. So the Indians were minted for a lot fewer years and they made a lot less of them, which has made them, uh, harder to get, right? More collectible, if you will. They always have a higher premium. Uh, right now, a $10 Indian, it was $1,265. And that's like $100 less than where it was six weeks ago. But we got about 75 of them. This special is huge. $50 off. So it's down to 1200 in fifteen dollars, that's the closest it's been to a ten dollar lib uh, in years, Jason. Yeah, Joe and I were talking on the phone this morning, and it popped up on our screen that this was available. So Joe uh, jumped on it real quick and uh, got got us got us the price for you guys to buy these. I mean, seventy five coins is not a lot. You know, you get one of our our bigger buyers out there, and they come in, they can end up swooping in buying most of them, if not all of them. So if if you're wanting one of these coins and you're wanting to get a half ounce of gold old gold in your possession this in this way i would call 800 951 get on the phone get these coins ordered quickly because this is limited Joe. And, and if you're a new customer you've been listening for a while you haven't ordered before and i get it you can be nervous and think they're gonna you know scam you or bait and switch you this none of that happens here just do this just call up 
Call the 800 number and just tell the girls I want the special. That's all you need to say. Ready? Uh, we're we're going to ask you a couple hard questions. First one's going to be, ready for this? How many would you like? That's it. How many would you like? You can just tell I want one, I want five, I want ten. Whatever it is. And then, of course, we're going to need some information, like a name. Uh, if, if you're going to have it shipped to you, obviously we're going to need your address. Uh, if you're picking up in our Arizona or Colorado office, hey, we just need a phone number. That's all we need. And by the way, all that phone number is for, we're going to call you when your product's ready for you to pick up. We're not a coin store. Uh, we do everything by appointment only. Uh, that way your privacy is insured. Uh, and it's just that simple. What happens after that? After you get your gold? Absolutely nothing. That's right. We don't call our customers. We don't have out, we don't make outbound calls. 800-951-0592. The first time this year, probably the first time in a couple of years, $10 Indians, $50 off, $1,215. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two golds down uh, three bucks here seventeen thirty eight silver uh, uh, pretty flat uh, been down about five cents here nineteen ten the Dow the S and P the Nasdaq uh, they're all lower today as well uh, but the sale here this is an item I don't know we'll probably go another year or two before you can get these in any quantity. Uh, you can get the higher grades, but they just, you know, the price really gets going here. Uh, but we've got, uh, we had 75 of these $10 Indians. This was uh, the fractional coin to go along with the St. Gaudens. And, yep, Augusta St. Gaudens, he designed the Saint and the $10 Indian. Uh, and then an artist, Bella Pratt. Uh, designed the other Indians, but it's something else that's unique to St. Gaudens. The the edges of this Indian, they had raised stars, one for every state of the Union, instead of the old reeds. You know, normally you see the uh, the coins, uh, even today, right, they've got the reeded edges. Uh, well, this one has the raised stars of the United States as as the way of making sure uh, your coins weren't counterfeited or clipped, Jason. Yeah, there's lots of cool things you know, we get to learn about your coins. Uh, but, but one thing about gold coins and why you buy them is we talked a bunch about scarcity, false scarcity. Gold is actual scarcity. It, it's called a precious metal for a reason. There's only so much of it per human being walking around the earth, and it can't just be made out of thin air. It can't be printed by growing trees and making it out of paper. It's gold, Joe. It's gold, and this is a great way to buy it. It really There's lots of ways to buy gold. There's lots of ways to buy silver. There's lots of ways to buy these things, and and uh, I, I, you guys go out there and find cool ways to buy silver and gold. Go for it, but when it comes to uh, buying and selling with a dealer you could trust, that's Patriot Trading Group. And get uh, get something that's actually scarce, right, Joe? Get it get it put away so that you can protect your protect your nest egg, your savings. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, twelve hundred and fifteen dollars. Uh, I haven't seen it that low in a very very long time. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The ten dollar Indian and. And really, when you think about all the years it was made, which wasn't very many, a lot of those dates, Jason, you're not getting. 
right? You're not getting the 1920 coin. You're not getting the 1930 coin. I mean, really, in, in realities, uh, there's probably less than 10 years of dates total. Uh, for Indians that are actually out there. The other ones is those real, real dates. You're talking, uh, you're not paying $1,200. You'd be paying 12000 50000 100000 or more on some of these uh, dates where they hardly made any coins. You know, what's funny is uh, Jack, who uh, since he was a kid has been saving his money. Uh, we, him and I had an agreement we put together that he saves 50% of all his odd jobs as he was a kid. And then when he had a taxable job like here at the radio station, you know, just as long as I'm paying for your food and a room, 25%. You just keep putting savings away, and I'll put it in gold and silver. Well, I sold him, and I sold what Legos I had for my kid, and the Legos he had as a kid some years ago. He, we, he sold all his plastic basically, and he ended up buying a $10 Indian. That's the first gold that Jack ever got because we had a lot of Legos. And I was like, you know, let's just sell it to somebody who likes these things. He wasn't using his Legos anymore. And he got himself a $10 Indian, Joe. I think back then it was like six or $700, so a pretty good buy. Yeah, absolutely. 800-951-0592. By the way, uh, if you're one of those Internet people, you don't like to use your phone, uh, I've got them on sale online as well. 